I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One decision I hope you'll make is to grab one of our free newsletters. You go to clark.com slash newsletters. You can see what we offer to you, chock-a-block full of information I hope you'll find useful and actionable for your wallet. Speaking of your wallet, a lot of people are feeling a case of the guilts about where they are on the path saving for financial independence and for retirement. And we're going to talk about that. And then I got a spending thing for you. We are in the time of year there are great deals on various electronics if you know what to buy. I'm going to give you a key buying tip later in this podcast. But right now I want to talk about the opposite, not spending money on lifestyle so you have it for your future. You know, surveys show that Americans expect to be able to retire potentially late 50s overall. And then when Americans are surveyed how they're feeling about how they're doing saving money for an ultimate retirement, overwhelmingly, depending on what survey you look at, it'll be 75, 80% say, I'm not there. I don't have it. I'm not getting there. And it's much worse for women, women versus men, women for a number of factors are much less prepared for retirement generally than men. Particularly women who have children tend to have reduced time in the workforce from the time they've had children. And then women live longer than men and make less money on average than men. Not every woman, but the average women earn less than men. So you've got three factors heavily affecting women's ability to save for retirement. We're winning on the living longer. The living longer is clear that huh, women ladies? live significantly <laughs> longer than men. It's probably good that way because men don't have any survival skills without the woman they love in their lives. And women seem to have survival skills alone or together with someone. Why is that? I don't know, Clark. But it, it, you would agree that's a I'm true statement? I'm not saying that. You're not going to say that? Okay. Well. Depends on the person, always. Okay. So why is it that people would have these expectations of when they're going to retire, but then have guilt or upset, or when they really look at it finally, they're like, oh, I'm not on a glide path to get there. You know, I'm really short of what I'm going to need. So the thing is, it's kind of like if you tried to drive somewhere, hadn't been there before, and you don't put in the destination in the GPS on your phone or the one built into your vehicle, you're just going to go in circles, right? You got no plan. You got no way to get there. So the thing that I find repeatedly I find I've got to get you to think about focusing on what do you got, and you can use all kinds of predictive tools. It'll say, you got this much, you're this old, you want to retire 
at that point, this is how much you have to save every month to get there so many years down the road. It's hard to do because you may not want to see the answer. But if you don't want to be way down the road saying, I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, if you want to have the freedom in your life that you can bag work and not go back, or you work only because you want to. I'm at a point in my life that I'm very fortunate. I've been a great saver. I don't have to work. Why do I work? Because I love it. And when I don't love it, I won't work anymore. But I work because I want to. And that's an incredible freedom to be able to say that instead of saying, I hate my job, but I go because I have to because I don't have the money to be able to not work. So here's the challenge I have for you, regardless of your age. I want you to do something that may feel unpleasant. I want you to figure out what you got. What do you have in a Roth IRA, a 401k, an investment account? What do you got? What's your goal? How much are you going to need to live a comfortable life at age fill in the blank? And then it's really easy with online calculators offered at all the discount brokers You can see if you're on trend, you're not on trend. A lot of 401k plans have tools where you can see. And what will you have to save per pay period or per month going forward to be on the trend line to accomplish the goals you have? Again, there are times we don't want to know, but that's not a solution. Take the time. And you may be in better shape than you realize. Or you may need to do more to build up that reserve paycheck by paycheck, month by month, to get to where you want to be. I want you in the 25% of people who are comfortable being on the trend line to financial security and not the roughly 75% who are ignoring it or freaked out by it. Krista? Josh in North Carolina says, after verifying it was okay with my city and county, my five-year-old twins, Jason and Lucas, started a produce stand to sell our extra vegetables. I would like to help them save and invest this money. Can I set them up with a Roth IRA? If they are eligible for a Roth, what documentation is required to prove they earned the money? With the recent changes to 529s, would it be better for us to put the money in a 529 and convert it into a, an IRA in 15 years. For context, I expect the total profit to be less than $500 for the year. Okay, I would say in this case, let's keep it simple, Josh. Yes, you can do the Roth IRA. And because that has income requirements, and your five-year-olds are so industrious that they have income, please do the Roth IRA for each They'll see the direct results of their labor over time. Putting in, let's say, 500 bucks at age five, what a payoff over time. You just keep records of what they earn. That's all you have to do if the IRS was ever going to challenge. Yes. So would they be, would he need to pay them an hourly rate or can they no, no, be the owners they're selling, of the business? They, they're selling and so, so they have. Just whatever income. They don't want to say they had expenses. It's all just income. Well, 
to be technically correct, mm-hmm. since you're taking us there, Well, Krista, you know, he asked. Uh, there needs to be some cost of goods, Josh, for the produce they're selling at the produce stand. But that won't be a lot in this case. Maybe seeds. Yeah. Which is and so little. they will be able to demonstrate clear revenue. And they are allowed to do this. They are allowed to have a Roth as long as there's a justification for it. You establish them. My favorite place for you to do for a minor child Roth IRA, Fidelity Investments. They are very welcoming for minor child accounts. They make it very easy for you from the first dollar to set up Roth IRAs for them. And there are a variety of very low-cost choices with with them. Um, if I were thinking of the easiest, I would go in the Fidelity Index version of their Target Retirement Fund, has their own brand name, um, and put the money in the last year, which may be 2070 or something, that you can put money into uh, for the kids. And the reason I would do that instead of the 529, you can always put money in 529, regardless of whether kids have income or not. It's not relevant. But a Roth, you can only do if they have income. They have income. Let's get that going. Let's get that started. Plus, if you contribute to a 529, I don't know if North Carolina has a tax break, but or the people contributing. Pete in Texas says, I've been a USA member for many years. You talk about periodically shopping around for car, homeowners, etc. since loyalty is penalized by most insurance companies. Yet you also would make the trade-off of better customer service at USAA for higher prices than some other competitors. But how much am I being penalized over the years by staying loyal to them? Should I shop around? Okay, so first, Pete, thank you or a family member for his or her service to our great nation in the U.S. Armed Forces. Thank you for that. I've had the privilege of being a USAA member since 1978 or 76. I think 78. Long time. Um, USAA is a fantastic company. They, along with Amica Mutual, are considered to be the two best insurers for homes and cars in the United States. So this is where you hear me talk out of both sides of my mouth, and it can be confusing. Yes, if you don't shop auto and homeowners, you'll pay more. Insurers tend to penalize people for loyalty. At the same time, you're with one of the two best insurers year in and year out out there in surveys. What I would do is I would take the effort to shop and see what auto and homeowners would cost elsewhere. Take theoretical and make it real for your situation, Pete. If you find the difference is substantial, you then have to make a cost versus quality call like we do with everything we shop for every day. And then you'll have a sense once you've shopped with others, see the price difference, you'll say, well, that's cheaper but not enough, or that's really not cheaper, or that's so much cheaper, I'm going to take a chance. Okay, and Deborah in Ohio says, Clark, I was able to pay off one of my credit cards. I was so proud of myself until I got a bill the next month for a $63 interest fee. When I called, they told me it was residual interest. I argued with them that I paid my bill in full and that there shouldn't be anything beyond that. Am I wrong or is there a way out of this? What is residual interest? Thank you, and I love listening to the podcast. Okay, Deborah, 
The way banks calculate interest on credit cards is infuriating to people who've been running a balance. And you get to that point, and you're wiping out the balance for good. You're paying it off in full. They still calculate daily interest on the balance up to the day you have paid it in full. So you can see, based on what the interest calculation is, you can do some work, figure out the daily interest, and I bet it will come exactly to the $63 that you were billed by the bank. So yes, you owe that residual interest because they bill that after the fact. You can estimate even to the extent of slightly overpaying your final payment that will cover that and then they will refund that difference to you just so you don't get the kick in the teeth after you've worked so hard to pay off a bill that you think you're done with it and then wait a minute there's one more bill so that is what happened and that is the way it works if there's an ongoing open balance on a revolving charge a credit card is a revolving charge that every day a balance is outstanding it is charged a daily interest fee and that's what that 63 dollars is so it is accurate it's ugly but it is accurate but regardless feel good about what you've done you are going to pay that 63 bucks and you're done done with them and that'll feel good Straight ahead, I'm going to make you feel great. There are a lot of deals right now on electronics. I'm going to tell you how to get the best deals on them. It is such a fantastic fall coming. And even here in late summer, great deals if you want electronics. I just can't wait to see the all-time greatest deals ever. We're going to see... Black Friday month, the month of November on electronics, but already they're great. I mean, Sam's Club recently had a sale where they were selling an 85-inch TV. 85-inch. I want you to think about how big an 85-inch TV and how much would you pay, Krista? How much would you pay for an 85-inch TV? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think... I mean, you'd probably have to pay at least like $1,500 or $2,000, depending on what it has, what the specs are. This was a, was a older model, and Sam's sold it on a doorbuster last week for $799. $799 for an 85-inch I mean, if you have the room TV. for it. We don't even have room for a TV that big. Well, I think it's time for a home renovation so you can have an 85-inch <laughs> TV. I mean, do you talk about a home theater, 85-inch? Think about football this fall on an 85-inch TV. We're going to see deals on all kinds of TV sizes from personal TVs. Personal TVs are now considered to be anything less than 55-inch. But the most popular size TV now people are putting in their homes, 55-inch TVs. Price is going to be incredible, 65 is uh, something a lot of people now consider that to be the standard size, which is so funny to think about. Uh, 75-inch TVs that used to be a Zill 
are uh, as cheap lately as $499 for a 75-inch TV. And these deals are going to continue through the rest of summer into the fall. Not just TVs, computers are a deal right now. I mean, you name an electronics item or a computer, a tablet, anything like that. iPads recently, all-time lowest prices on iPads. And it's because the market now has so too much inventory of all these things. And there's a split happening in the market. I've been reading a lot of information about pricing data. And there's even word that Apple is going to move prices of its fanciest phones up, but then have such a wide catalog as they've been spreading out the prices, what they call in marketing spreading out the buckets, the bottom bucket to the top bucket, the prices are are moving much farther apart. So you can go in for a TV and you can still spend a fortune for the latest, greatest, newest, whatever. Or you can buy what I do, which is when I buy stuff, electronics, whatever it is, I always buy what's current, never what's aspirational. And what's really great right now is you buy the unloved, unsold stuff. And you will find great, great deals for your wallet. And when you look at Black Friday month, you're going to see one doorbuster after another after another is the sales now are not all concentrated in a couple of days online or in person. It's spread out over multiple weeks. And you're going to see rolling sales one after another on electronics. When do you not buy electronics? After November. Month of December is an out-and-out ripoff on electronics. You buy them through this end of summer, into the fall, especially in November. You're going to find your best deals. And remember, you don't need the, wow, look at this. This does blah, 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 blah. Because most of us are watching streaming. And streaming degrades on whatever the fancy TV is. So buy whatever the cheapest is. And someone will ask, well, what brand is it? I don't know. I never pay attention to brands. I do sometimes, but I just texted you the other day because I was at Costco and we've been looking for a soundbar and like subwoofer or whatever for our television. And we were there comparing prices and they had the same system. It was the same thing, but it was this year, the old model and then the new model. And the old model was $199.97 with an asterisk, which you've taught me means it will not be restocked. And 97 means it's on sale or clearance. Clearance below Costco's cost. It was like the same specs, one little change in the newer model. And that was $480, I think it was, for that system. So $480 for the new version, Mm -hmm. $199.97 for the old version. So why did y'all buy the new one? We did not. We did not. I was proud of myself. And I noticed they had like Sony TVs. They have the old models that are on clearance now. And then they've got the newer, fancier ones that are super expensive. So definitely they're clearing out those old models. like you Sony's said. one of those brands I've never owned because I can't afford it. I have one. It's too expensive. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, what's the equivalent? <laughs> You're not a Sam's Club member. What's the equivalent to 97 at Costco? At Sam's? Oh, I don't remember. Ends in one cent. Oh. So it could be 91, 41, 61. 
anything that ends in one is a clearance item sense that is being sold below Sam's cost to move the item out. At the warehouse clubs, you want to know the codes. At Costco, Krista mentioned the asterisk. The asterisk means, or numbers, what do you call that thing? That's an asterisk? You can say asterisk. Yeah, it's not a number sign. Yeah, the number sign is what Sam's uses. Okay. If you see the asterisk at Costco, it means that it's a sell-through. They are not going to restock that item. If you see a ton there and it's not 97, wait for it to mark down to 97. At Sam's, if it has the number sign, it means they're not going to restock it. If it's not yet ending in one penny and you go regularly, and there's a lot of them there, wait for the markdown to the one, and then you're getting the steal of a deal on that item. Okay. Lisa in Ohio says, what does Clark know about the Delta digital ID? It's one of those things that is an incredible convenience as a traveler and has a creepy factor to it as well. So if you fly Delta in certain airports and you register digitally with Delta, you don't even have to show a boarding pass at security, depending on the airport. You might not even have to show a boarding pass or a driver's license. It scans you. It knows who you are. Boom, you're through. It's at quicker the gate. Line. Much, huh? qu- much quicker line. Much quicker line. Usually. At the gate, it means you just digitally scan You know your digital image. Bam, you're on the plane. And on your forehead... It shines what your seat number is on Delta. No, it doesn't. It does not do that. You've got to remember One what day. your seat number is, but it's all digital going through. Um, JetBlue, as I recall, is doing that some at, at JFK and maybe Boston. And so this is going to become common that your image is your scan And for those of you that are global entry members, the program where you register deep background, you have an interview with a Homeland Security person, and then that gives you pre-check and gives you expedited entry in the United States. I just used the brand new global entry system. Have you used it recently? Yes, I used it too. And what it does, you used to have to uh, have your passport scanned. It would scan your face and all that. Now you just walk up to this thing, you stand there, and it pops up green that you're good to go. You haven't used your passport or anything. You just walk right into the country. You're clear to go. No immigration lines. And I came back into JFK, and you come in there, and you'd think that people were going to get through those immigration lines about next week. They are so long, and a lot of days at JFK, the immigration lines are over three hours long. But if you have, if you give up your privacy, you allow the facial scan and all that, it took, I guess, about four seconds to enter the country. Mm. What was your experience? Like? It was super quick. Yeah. My whole family, it took us no time. Y'all, y'all all have global entry? We do. Yep. Rhonda in Florida says, my daughter's a recent college graduate. She just started a job as a civil engineer and is deciding what benefits to elect. She's 22 years old, not married and no children. What are your thoughts about short-term, it's $10.23 bi-weekly, and long-term, $12.84 bi-weekly, disability offered through her employer? In general, is it recommended for someone so young? Absolutely, Rhonda. So short-term disability, I'm not a fan of. Long-term disability, I'm a big fan of because you never know 
when tragedy might strike, hopefully never, but as I've shared in the past, there's a three times greater likelihood during working years someone will have a work-impacting disability than someone would pass away. So disability insurance provides income typically either 60% or 70% of your pay for as long as you are disabled or all the way to age 65. So I really am a huge supporter and believer in long-term disability. Short-term disability, not so much. Usually there will be a waiting period of three to six months for long-term disability. If your daughter is of a mind that she's a good saver, she will have over time a rainy day fund and she will not need the short-term disability but the long-term disability is very important, very useful, and very worthwhile. And civil engineer, great career, great pay. It's on the list of top-paying professions in the United States. So she needs to be fully on board with the 401k, putting a lot of money aside at 22 and the Roth version of the 401k to build long-term security. Christy in Georgia says, you mentioned a recession coming soon. This often comes with people booking fewer vacations. I am planning a cruise with our baby. He'll be 23 months in October of 2024. We just booked it in July, but are now wondering if this was the wrong thing to do. If you predict vacation and cruise prices will drop. It's an expensive vacation as we just spent $5,000 on this. So any savings would help. So Christy, if we're looking at a cruise that is... Wow, more than a year away, we're talking 14 months away, then unless you booked a sweet cabin, there's not even a non-refundable deposit. So you now have locked in a date, you've locked in a cruise, you've locked in a price. So that becomes a big tool in your money-saving efforts because if later on the economy does slow, Uh, Cruise bookings are extremely sensitive to economic cycles. If cruise prices drop, you're not going to be in a position where you're subject to non-refundability on even a portion of your cruise money, typically, for many, many months to come, probably till sometime spring of next year. So you have a known deal, and over this time period, you also have the ability to hunt around and see if better deals come along for the travel period you want to travel fall of 24. So later on, you'll be able to book into potentially a better deal. Be better if the economy does not slow into a recession, but if it does, you will almost certainly find better prices on cruises for fall of 24. And so you have the best of all possible opportunities here with the money you paid in almost certainly being refundable at this point for months and months to come and the opportunity to take a better deal when it comes along. I think that's going to be a great combo deal for you to know you got the trip and know you have the possibility for a better deal later. I want to thank you. So much for being with us today. Remember, we serve you around the clock at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. And know that 30 hours each week, we answer your questions for free 
one-on-one. You can get one-on-one advice for nothing, as we've now done for nearly 31 years at the Team Clark Consumer Action Center, available to you five days a week, six hours each day. Full details for you at clark.com slash CAC. Have a great day.